Blog Talk Radio. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. 
Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Festivani. Good afternoon, everybody. It is June the 11th, 2013. I'm Storm Sestavani. Welcome to Keep It Magic. Cruise on over to um, our sponsor, who is at www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com. While you're at Coventry, you can, of course, reach Jackie off of the air and schedule um, an Akashic Records reading, um, healing, she does tarot reading, she does psychic reading, you name it, Jackie does it, she'll teach you about candle magic, you name it, go over there and schedule a consultation with her. Um, to reach me off the air, of course, go to www.stormsestivani.com. Again, that's www.stormsestivani.com. New look, new motif. It's all kind of flashy and glamorous now over there, so cruise on over and check that out. Also, check out Jackie and my website, which is www.keepitmagic.com. Um, so, Jackie, I have to tell you, this past week I have been so busy doing all of this little fun, crazy stuff that I have been doing that I don't know what the hell happened in the news, and you know what? I really don't care. Um, uh, some stupid stuff happened in the news, and it's really not worth caring. Yeah, you know, I, I was reading some stuff on Facebook about spying, you know, like that hasn't been going on since mm-hmm. the beginning of the country. Um, right? You know, I mean, yeah, like it's something new. Right. It's just it's just easier for them to spy now. Yeah, I mean, like, like this is anything new, you know, but you have people, you know, throwing their skirts in the air and go, oh, my God, you know, somebody is spying on me and all this other stuff, and, you know, people freaking out. And, you know, I did read that, you know, Apple has its new iOS coming out, which probably has a few spy devices in it. Right. <laughs> so oh, and they were spy. really, you know, they were really ripping Apple a new one. But here's the thing that um, – there's one thing that, that did concern me was they um, – they're looking at banning the morning after pill, um, and uh, uh, it, it was so frustrating to listen to Mika Brzezinski start to take a high horse on that. I don't know, maybe I'm just getting older and more conservative as I age. And then uh, Katie Kay was like, uh, "I got a 17 year old daughter, and thank God there is that." You know, it was just really an interesting um, I, uh, Morning Joe. I watch Morning Joe. Actually, no, I take that back. I don't watch Morning Joe. My husband watches Morning Joe, and I'm polluted with it. So, yeah. um, I don't watch it anymore. I'm Morning Joe free. I, I'm kind of proud of you. I don't watch any. I watch Rachel sometimes when she has. Uh, of course, I only watch Rachel because I have, like, this mad crush on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, like, my, my radio uh, media idol. Um, uh, uh, and, you know, if there's anybody's career in the metaphysical field that I want to emulate in any sort of way, um, you know, with her whole geekiness and all mm-hmm. that other thing, I mean, I might go fat, I don't know. Um, the, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's definitely Rachel Maddow. So if she's got something interesting on, on I'll watch her, but I usually only watch her on the web. Um, uh, basically, that's about it. Yeah, there's um, – actually, I think we're – well, I have my own opinions on this, which is that I think we're overnewsed. Yeah. Um, I don't think we need five different continuous news stations. I don't think we need, you know, um, C-SPAN to watch Congress. I don't think we need all these things. I think that just sends us into that, to a place of crazy. Mm-hmm. Because guess what happens when there's not a lot of news happening? 
They make stuff up. And they make some of soap operas. They make things that are not a big deal a big deal, and um, I just I'm I'm not down with it anymore. I mean, they don't even make good stories. Yeah. I mean, if we could get some inspirational stuff and all that, and I'm not even talking about you know you know preachers. I'm just or even like tear jerkers. We don't all need to be touched by an angel. We uh, yeah. but but just like people who are doing it. How about some success stories? How about some mediocre stories of like, I'm okay, I'm still here, but then again, that doesn't make great news. Yeah, you know, what what I've been more, um, what I did last week in my spare time is that Hay House has had its um, summit with... Oh, you um, were watching that, okay. ...with all of their their particular authors, and, you know, they had a lot of um, spiritual ideals and stuff like that, and, um, uh, you know, I've... Uh, m- one of my other girl crushes is Gabrielle Bernstein, and, of course, she's a, um, uh, you know, an author, um, and she has a radio show on Hay House on Wednesday afternoon, so make sure that you all check that out, because she's not competing with us, so you can listen to her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so uh, she was she was talking, and what I loved about it, it, what I love about her in general, is that first of all, she reminds me of like the thin white girl Jackie. She's like the thin white girl Jackie. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, so I'm not. Are you saying I'm not a white girl? Girl, you're blacker than your husband. What are you talking about? <laughs> We're both blacker than your husband. I'm more colorful in my personality, is that what you Yeah, say? yeah. <laughs> We're blacker than your husband. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, uh, but basically, you know, one of the things that, that I liked about her is that in this particular interview, I'll have to um, um, get that over to you so that you can listen to it. You know, she spent an enormous amount of time, Jackie, uh, talking about, um, you know, her particular process in regards to her spiritual transformation and that you know she's been um on uh, october the 2nd this is the actual day of 2005 um she prayed to be shown a different way and she was doing drugs and she said every drug imaginable and um you know living her particular life in a very very destructive way which i think that we have all done um uh in 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 one way or another um i know i have uh, mm-hmm. uh but basically you know to hear the particular process about um uh, moving forward and one of the things that she said that really really hit me is that yesterday doesn't mean anything cuz it no longer exists yep it was like a really um uh you know powerful particular statement but um, it is, uh, you know, I'm really getting interested in, um, you know, whether, you, you know, what what people may think of Hay House is irrelevant to me. Um, I'm at the particular point in my own spiritual path, Jackie, where I'm not real concerned about who the publishing house is or who releases the product or things of that nature because I think that you can get lessons and or meaning from basically anything, and I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater at this particular point. Well, I'm, I'm absolutely with you there. There's there's a lot of value um, everywhere, because we're talking about value. Yeah. But um, I like I like what you said um, that she said what she said Gabrielle Bernstein yeah. said is that yesterday doesn't exist and my big lesson of late that I've been talking about and and talking to my friends including you about is that um, 
a lot of my my issues that I've been worried about or stressing about, et cetera, are absolutely all judgment based, but not from other people about how I'm afraid of how other people are judging me, not how they are, mm-hmm. but how they could potentially be, and and it, it that was and, and I I know I'm saying this and and the listeners are going. Well, yeah, don't we all? But but it is illogical, and I understand it logically. But until you feel it, until you go, oh, I totally get what I'm doing. I I understand it when when that when you're shown a different way, when you are shown that different way, when you say, I don't want to be this anymore. What I want to be something different. It was absolute. It's absolutely amazing when you get there, and I don't think it comes to most of us in a big flash of light. I think, you know, it's funny because um, a lot of the big stories out there is like, I came from nothing and now I'm something amazing. Yeah. I think some of the more powerful stories are the mediocre ones. Yeah. <laughs> which is why, you know, which is why, um, you know, I really put a lot of value in regards to Gabrielle's story. Her story is not as glitzy as Melody Beattie's. Um, I mean, Melody Beatty, when she wrote Condependent No More, uh, you know, because it was the first time that anybody had read anybody confess something like that, um, mm-hmm. in the early 80s. You know, women were just sitting around going, oh, my God, she's me, you know, the, mm-hmm. um, you know and that they were re- really, really able to relate to her. And the, the, the interesting thing, and I'm so on this page with her, is that, you know, um, Gabrielle is interested in the, the whole course of miracles things, and, um, which I think that there's a lot of value to it. Um, uh, but uh, she, one of the things that she did is that she was at a seminar, um, and she had asked one of the presenters, how do I, you know, because Gabrielle's in her early 30s, um, how do I deliver this particular message to my generation? And basically, you know, because Course in Miracles is, you know, a lot of people think about that, and, you know, they're thinking, you know, Louise O'Hay, Marianne Williamson, um, uh, you know, some of these people that are that are now, you know, getting getting older, and, you know, that they may be, you know, Generation Y may look at that and say, oh, what the hell, that, that doesn't value anything. And, you know, one of the, the fascinating things that I thought about that, Jackie, is that, you know, I think that in many ways that that's what we're all needing to do is to really look at, you know, not only is it how do we generate a particular message to um, the people that need to hear it at this particular time, okay, but also how do we live our lives as an example to that particular generation at that particular time. That's really interesting because it's a, that's a really huge statement. That's, it is. And how do we um, meet the needs of any particular people at, or generation? I think it's gen- on, on that big of a scale. I'm going to say something kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. I think it's accidental. Yeah. I don't. I, I think that um, as much as we say, you know, love the children, we are the children. The children are our future. Blah blah blah. If you start singing, we are the world. I'm hanging up. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Um, um, uh, uh, Christina, get your mic going. Get out. <laughs> right. I'm going to start singing some Whitney. The children are our future. Um, no, I won't do that to myself. I would have to punch myself. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but. As much as there's this this hope for our future, et cetera, it's not we don't we don't really watch that in our culture. Look at what we're doing to the schools. I mean, in, in a, what is it in Pennsylvania? Um, they just closed a jack ton of schools. 
and they're building a prison in that area where they closed all these schools. They're taking the funding that they're that they didn't have or that they lost for all these schools, and, and they're building another prison. And which makes me go, do we not see the irony here? Yeah. Do we not see how this is, how if we actually had better schools? So we're not as a culture we don't value that. So if we meet the needs of the next generation, it's because, A, they've either demanded it, B, they've met their own needs, or, whoops, we did it by accident. Because that's what I see Gen Y doing right now is, as a culture, we're not meeting Gen Y's needs in any way, shape, or form. I think Gen Y has been failed in many ways. Parenting, um, either helicopter parenting or doing too much for them and not letting them grow up to be, you know, um, Gen Y's are or the millennials, as people call them, are about five years behind in development. Mm-hmm. Isn't it fascinating? It is fascinating. You, you know, Gabrielle mentioned something that just kind of blew me away, because I know that you've been studying the whole generational thing, and one of the things that she stated that she thought was extreme, the reason why that there is such a large spiritual vacuum um, uh, in the world today is that in the past 100 years, the changes between the generations have been so significant that the parents are not really equipped to be able to handle the particular needs of a new generation. And she basically, you know, stated, you know, a hundred years ago, if your father owned a grocery store and you were a son, you know, basically what you were trained by your father and your mother and your family was basically how to grow up and run a store. Right. You, know, you were going to take over the father's business. Um, uh, you know, you were going to run that particular store with your brothers. Um, uh, your sister was going to be raised in how to be cultured and, uh, you know, how to uh, entertain and, you know, all of these these other I'm, things. I'm I'm right into the little house in the prairie with you yeah. right now, and I'm thinking about, you know, Nellie and uh, – uh, never mind. Well, that's that's very, very accurate. I mean, uh, w- when you look at it, you know, and then, you know, basically you had um, the Depression – generation um and then you had the baby boomers okay and the the needs between baby boomer and gen x were so radically different that i remember jackie you know and we've talked about this before our parents were telling us as long as you go and get a degree in computers your life is going to be set oh Those yeah people are now making ten dollars an hour you right. know <laughs> you know that they're not they're not making hardly anything or um, an, or an engineering degree or um, a healthcare degree. Yeah, um, and then you know, whereas Generation X, you know, has been a little bit more loose, and basically, you know, what Gabrielle stated is that if parents spent more time now just basically nurturing the natural instincts of the child or the natural development that they're doing on their own, they would probably end up being more successful. And then she she stated some stuff about unschooling, which is a homeschooling program, which is interesting to me, Jackie, because they, they have their regular skill base, but then when they get to the high school level, it's really more um, uh, centered upon what it is that they want to do. So if, say, for example, they want to be a candle maker, okay, mm-hmm. you know, you would learn the history of wax and the history of candles and, you know, stuff about chemistry and uh, things of that particular, you know, mathematics in regards to how to measure stuff. Um, uh, you know, but basically your particular curriculum will be centered around what it is that you want to do. Do you know, Jackie, that these kids are getting into colleges at a much more higher level than regular traditional education? Oh, I, yeah, I do know because <laughs> I did homeschool uh, Rebecca for a short time. And it was a short time, and um, 
and it was not a good fit for, for my daughter and I. But that experience took Rebecca and I to a place where um, we are we focus differently on stuff. I mean, I, I don't helicopter her, and, and other parents are, are like, they know what each test score is, what each this, what each that is. And, and I look at it as what are you getting out of school? What is your... Um, how are you developing as a person? Um, um, I, don't worry about that class. Yes, it affects your GPA, but you know, um, I would say, it just it's just we look at it different. And and here's a really scary thing. I keep hearing on the news and and Morning Joe and in different articles, I, in the especially in the past six months, is college really worth it? Mm-hmm. And. And we're still based in, because we have a whole generation of, of kids right now, I can't say kids, but a whole generation of adults who owe more in student loans than they will ever be able to repay back based on the growth of um, salaries. Yes. And and it's just really freaking people out. And um, it, it really um, has become... Uh, a challenge. People are challenging this normal way of being, but yet we're still built for that because you know my niece who has five years of international experience mm-hmm. teaching English as a second language to business studies and to kids and building a school around that in a different country uh-huh. um, cannot get a job here because she doesn't have um, the extra degree. Yeah, one of the things that is actually beginning to start to occur in the college. Uh, uh, system also is that unschooling is starting to move in the collegiate area. Interesting. Um, and the interesting thing is, is that, for example, um, uh, uh, you, in order to, for example, go to medical school, Jackie, that's all that you have to do is take the MSAT and um, basically prove that you have particular knowledge about um, medicine. Um, that all of that particular program, you, you know, that program and that curriculum can be done not in a classroom. Um, you know, if somebody is um, focused enough, they can do that on their own. Um, you know, they can get the anatomy and physiology books and the biology and, mm-hmm. you know, go online at this particular point and pull up a particular, um, uh, uh, you know, requirements, basically, for a particular degree and study those particular courses and then take that that test and there was a, I believe it was in North Carolina I'll have to get I'll have to get the exact stats but basically somebody did it they tried to reject them out of medical school because they actually didn't have the um, you know the master's degree um, and basically it went to court and basically the court said that the individual had enough knowledge to basically enter into the program and they had to let them go in I think that that is going to significantly change basically how in the future especially with the cost of college and stuff of that nature I know Jackie if I was going to go and it's say for example what I wanted to be was a medical doctor I would much rather spend that particular money on the actual medical school part rather than the six years before that because you know how I study so right um, right and and you're a rarity in that i I don't know I have never gone to college. How about that? So I can't really speak to that because what I wanted to do um I do yeah, I do and i'm and I'm pretty damn successful at it, and I have um college professors come and talk to me about it so but yet it took me twenty years to get here twenty well, maybe not twenty years, but um it took me a long time to get here versus. Would I have been able to get here faster with college education? 
whether it's business or spiritual development or psychological development. Well, the ultimate thing, Jackie, is is that within you know, 20 degrees, you've had books published and you're an authority on candle magic. Someone from some university is going to hand you a Ph.D. anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're going to give you the Ph.D. You know, it's not anything that you're, uh, uh, you know, really going to have to um, uh, to worry about. But it is interesting that the whole system, and, and I think it goes down to what it is. You know, we're going to be talking about values on the other side of the break, but I think that it is going to that we're in a cultural particular period in which um, the value system, which Pluto, um, the planet Pluto, does have a little bit to do with values, but it has to do more with values on that very, very large collective level. Pluto is moving through structure-oriented, government-oriented Capricorn at the moment, and it seems to be ripping apart all of these particular things of um, organizations and systems, which is all Capricornian, by the way, um, that are no longer working. Well, that's Um, what I was going to ask you about with that. Um, So there's, with those organizations, the the whole Saturn thing, aren't we in this place of tearing down what doesn't work anymore? And we have been talking about this for the past two years. Mm Mm-hmm. And we, we'll be talking about it until 2023, by the way. So, but but the, our first the first layer that we talked about it was very political, very grassroots yeah. movement, very, and and now we're seeing how that is is just kind of cascading out or dominoing out into challenging. How do we ed- educate our kids um, going to college? What kind of jobs? Um, well, Pluto has now moved out of the first decan of Capricorn. And is now in the second. The second decade of Capricorn is ruled by the sign of Taurus. So it is the. You lost that, me. What, wait, what? Okay. Each sign, okay, is divided into three decanets. Okay. Um, of 10 degrees. A decan, decan is 10. Okay. Um, you know, the word decade. Yeah. Um, uh, I got that. So the first 10 degrees of a sign is the natural energy of the particular sign. Okay, so from 1 to 10 of Capricorn is the Capricorn um, uh, energy. From okay. 10 to, or from 11 to 20 is the next Earth sign, okay, which is Taurus. Um, so it's Satorian. The third would be Virgo, okay? So basically what you're going to see right now is the tearing down of particular structures in regards to, because Taurus has a lot to do with values, it's Venus ruled. Um, you're going to see the tearing down of what it is that we may have valued that is no longer working anymore. When it gets into Virgo, Jackie, that's when our whole, what's going to begin to tear down, uh, tear down is basically what is our particular conception of work. So you'll see a lot of, towards the end of this decade, will be a lot of work reform, um, uh, things along those particular lines. Um, all of it will be under the fold of organizations, okay, and structures, but basically it will be those different kind of like subsets of, of the particular organizations that will be kind of influenced. Interesting because um, there's, uh, in, in some conversations that I had with um, folks that work for me that are from other countries. Yeah. Um, it grew, not just born in other countries but grew up in other countries, is that um, there is not, America is very unique in how much value and emphasis we place on the arts. Yeah. And now that we're comparing ourselves to other countries and saying we're behind in them, other countries are looking at us and saying, we're going to move, we want this, we want more arts, we want this because we, we're not creating free thinkers. So with what you just said, with the changes going on, I'm wondering if what we're going to see is is what we're what we have here is free thinkers in the US and America and we have art. 
we have, um, and, and not just painting, but music. Um, this is why so much more music and, and acting and artistry type things that, that are more pleasure-oriented mm-hmm. come out of America than come out of other countries. Because, in, like in Switzerland and Germany, whatever, you take a test when you're in high school and that's the job you go. And, oh, you're a pretty singer, aren't you? Well, isn't that nice? Um, but um, here's your job at the bank because your talent isn't something we don't value. Yeah. So um, that's really interesting. Putting putting pieces together of different conversations that I've had are very interesting. The uh, well, it is going to be a, a direct change even in this particular country in regards to um, what it is that we're looking at and um, uh, what it is that we uh, what we value. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was I was talking to and we have to go to a break real quick, but um, I was talking to a friend of mine that leans more to the right than I do. But um basically we you know, one of the things that I say to is, you know, I'm not really all all that interested in politics, you know, right now. I'm just looking in at doing other things. And um you know, one of the things that he stated is that uh you know, he thinks that there needs to be a lot of political reform in both parties, and at this particular point, what both of these parties should be focused on is quit worrying about all these social issues. Just let people do what they want to do. <laughs> Worry about the economy mm-hmm. and find some form of way to to work with that. And, Jackie, it just flew out of my mouth. I don't know where it came from. But it just says, you know what, at this particular point, I don't think that they have the capability of reforming the economy, and we may have to go through some very, very dark days. Um, in this particular country before that they will be malleable enough, basically, um, to really work through the particular issues um, that are facing us. Unfortunate, yes, you know, but I think that that is um, going to be the issue. Somebody said in the chat room, Storm for President, no, you don't want me as President. You know, Um, it's it's interesting, I'm just kind of tagging on what you said real quick for a hot second, Sure. is that um, with what you said, I'm kind of having an aha moment of, well, yeah, of course. Isn't that exactly what people do when they can't solve the big 800-pound gorilla issue? Yeah. They they make a big deal out of the other things that aren't a big deal. Yeah. But the vole in the room that nobody cares about. Well, that's basically what we all do. You know, we're all distracted and focused on all of these other things that really don't matter. But, but we can't but we solve can make... some of the, the, the major things that are going on in our lives. Right. And if you focus on the things that don't matter and you fail at it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, we got to take a break. We have to take a break. So it's pretty interesting. Before we take a break, though, Christine Johnson is saying in the chat room, storm for president. You don't want, want me as a president. I would be like Oprah Winfrey for, for president. It would be like this. Oh, you want a new Lexus? You got it. <laughs> <laughs> There's your new, you want an iPad? It's yours. Everybody gets iPads. You know, <laughs> that would be me as president. You don't want me as president. We'll be bank, bankrupt in that time. <laughs> You're listening to Keep It Magic. Jackie and I will be back in a flash. <laughs> Think you got the best of me Think you've had the last 
Welcome back to Keep It Magic, everybody. I am Storm Sestavani. I'm here, of course, with the multi-talented Miss Jackie Smith. Cruise on over to our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com, um, where if you have a or where uh, if you have a problem in your life, regardless of what that problem is, we definitely have a candle for that. So make sure that you cruise on over and check that out. Uh, Jackie, um, my article went viral. I I heard. I saw. Now, how did you make that happen? Um, and well, it's not that you made that happen. It was that good. Uh, I, I think it is more... Um, number one, astrology is interesting. Um, most people, you know, at least like to toy around with it. Um the other thing is is that I think that uh, the topic of values um, and the topic of looking at things in a different way and bringing astrology down to a very simplistic way of understanding it and actually handing it to somebody rather than, you know, your Venus is in Virgo, you know, have a good day. Um, uh, or, or like this. Your Venus is in Virgo. <laughs> yeah. Good so luck you, with that one. Yeah, good know. luck with that. How do you do good, good luck. Um, it's really hard uh, to be you. Go ahead. Uh, but but basically, um, you know, I think actually providing them, you know, rather than handing them that way and, you know, doing the, oh, oh you know, <laughs> have good luck with that one. You know, actually <laughs> then handing them an actual understanding and tools to be able to work with it. I think it is kind of a, uh, an approach that nobody else is doing, so I must well. I, I agree, because I, I love how you take a subject. Mm-hmm. You don't say, all right, now we're going to talk about Venus and your sign and all those variations and things that run it. We've we've talked about it, the Venus, uh, where your sign is in Venus, or where what Venus your sign is in. Wait, what sign your Venus is in? Yeah. I'm trying to say it the right way. Because it can get a little confusing because I'm not an astrologer. It's what sign your Venus is in. <laughs> really, what sign is it, baby? So anyway, um, we've talked about love, where the Venus is, is about love. It's about, um, what else did we talk about? Money. Pretty much money. And now we're talking about values, which is interesting. And, and what have I said a million times? Love and money, same thing. Yeah. Um, so... And now we're talking about values, and that, again, goes back to that. But we've talked about um, different things, like how your personal structure. We've talked about where what sign Saturn Saturn is in for you. We've talked about a couple of where moon. Um, what else? There's a couple other ones. But, but it's not about the planet. It's about um, the, the need, the thought yeah. process, the emotional response. And where how that relates to your astrology. So rather than making your life relate to astrology, we're showing you how astrology relates to your life. Yes. I say we. Wasn't that generous of yes. myself to myself? <laughs> well, it bleeds over to you. So. <laughs> it bleeds over to you. Um, but you know, I I think that that is part of it. And also, you know, I want people to understand. And I did get I did get a lot of email um, uh, in regards to the article. And you know. 
some of them, you know, the emails I responded to them, and you know, I'm, I can't respond to all every email that people send me. So I apologize if um, uh, you know you didn't get a response back from me. You can always in the comment section of the blog, you can you know write down what your Venus is or something of that nature if you want me to um, make a comment about it. And of course that I will, but I can't you know read through hundreds and hundreds of emails. Um, uh, otherwise, I would get nothing done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but basically, you know, one of the things that I think that people were struggling with a lot, Jackie, is they're having an issue, and this may be just a um, uh, a problem. I think because of our large Judeo-Christian roots, they're having a problem with looking at the word values in a way that has to do with the self. They're having to do. They're really. They're not understanding how what it is that you value says more about you on the inside in your inner core and who you really are than it does. You know, because they want to make it about self abnegation. Yeah, abnegation. Um, They want to make it about sacrifice. They want to make it about. You have to stop, and you have to define the word abnegation. Um, it's it's like um, <laughs> uh, it's it, it's a form of self sacrifice. It's about okay. forgetting about you altogether. You know, selfless. That's um, what I that's what I thought, but I just want to make sure. And yeah. here's here's Jackie keeping it real and dumbing it down. All yeah. right, keep going. Um, you know, and and I think that and when I was looking at all of these emails, Jackie, the more that I saw, I think that part of the particular problem is is that we as a culture really are not in touch with our particular values. And here is the thing. Your particular level and your ability to have free choice and free will is contingent upon your ability to integrate Venus into your life. And if your Venus is not integrated into your life, get it there, because mine was not for 40 years. It was a big old mess. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think that people are having a large problem with this. They don't want to look at, for whatever reason, Jackie, an erotic goddess, um, who had more to do with self-pleasure, um, who had more to do with getting what it is that she wanted, of having desires, being horny, being titillated, you know, um, seeing a guy on the street corner and, oh, my God, I want him, and then getting him, not caring about what his marital status is. Um, uh, you know, they're having a hard time, Jackie, with that particular imagery, which is a necessary imagery. Otherwise, she would have never been a goddess. Do you think, well, okay, yeah, because goddess and get the the deities are going to be in the extremes. Yeah. But do you think maybe, as a question, so she's always been a goddess of love and lust and and, um, self-pleasure, but I think our, the importance of that, I almost said the word value, our importance of that in our life or how that's rated or judged has changed between then and now. Or do you think it's changed that much? No. Okay. Um, because there's still horny women. Mm-hmm. There's still women, and they call us Jackie for consultation, that are more than willing to get involved with a married man. Um, there's still. Um, oh, I was thinking between like the Roman times or the you know and now. I I think that the the way relationships were set up were a lot different. Okay, I don't think that the archetype of relationships. Is that different um, in this particular day and age? It has a different, prettier dress now, um, but it's still, you know, the, the, you know, it's still 
the uh, uh, you know the, this erotic type of image. You know, now we just kind of moralize that a bit and say the devil with a blue dress on. Well, and and if if I'm to return to my Catholic upbringing, and I'm going to say Catholic, not necessarily Christian, specifically Catholic upbringing, is that if your morals had to do with anything within, yeah, if your values, I should say, had to do with anything within, you were wrong. You were sinning. Um, so all of your values and morals had to do with being of service. Yes. And that's the ones that were important. That's the ones that were recognized, yet not recognized. So those are the ones that we were told we needed to have, and it was drilled into you. But then when you get out into the world and you realize there's nothing left for you and you can't exist that way, then there becomes that disconnect. But yet in society we value, we recognize, we celebrate the people whose values are about promoting the self. Yes. That's who we recognize. We don't recognize the selfless ones. The selfless ones get the 10 minutes at the end of the news broadcast. Yes. Um, the selfless ones get the documentary. <laughs> y- y- yes, exactly. I mean, the uh, you, you know they're not getting the, the three-hour block on HBO for their latest rock musical. Um, so, uh, so we're being taught one thing, and we're, then we're celebrating something entirely else. No wonder we're all not. It's a disconnect. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and the interesting thing is, is that those people that you're attracted to, um, regardless of what they are, have a little bit of you inside of them. And it is getting in touch of that little bit of you that they happen to be carrying um, <laughs> that is the importance. You know, so I don't know what Lady Gaga is carrying for me, but it's obviously <laughs> something. Um, I was going to say, when I was younger, um, or still to this day, I'll see a promo about David Bowie, and in my head... I know him. He's my friend. He's my buddy. Same with Robert Downey Jr. It's really funny. So there's something that's inside of them, Jackie, um, either a characteristic or an archetypal image or something of that particular nature that directly relates to you on some particular level. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, it is, you know, one of the things that I wrote about in the article um, is that in order for us to become well-rounded individuals, we at times must focus enough on ourselves in order to truly give something to somebody else. And um, uh, That is exact opposite of what we're taught. Keep going, I'm sorry. Yeah. And and basically, it, it, it be, because of the fact is is that until you are able to focus enough on yourself, i.e. the sun, okay, in the horoscope, um, uh, you're not going to have any form of authenticity. Um, and my authenticity was buried for years, girl. So you know, I will be the first <laughs> one to sing to the choir that it takes a lot of work. Um, uh, but uh, you, you know, you don't have enough authenticity, basically, to feel confident enough to begin to be able to move forward. You have to have that Venus, or you don't have the confidence. But isn't this what we go into therapy for? I mean, yeah. seriously, everything that you're saying is what whether. And I don't, I don't want to seem flippant about it, mm-hmm. but this is what. Um, self-help gurus talk about what therapists talk about what um, and I'm specifically speaking from the woman's point of view as I stutter this I don't know why specifically speaking from that this is what women are taught not to connect with early on in life and that what we struggle to reconnect with later on in life every woman's going I just was this morning with my um, Tuesday morning ladies we're all talking about isn't it kind of weird that it takes us until our 40s to realize that 
we don't have to be in competition with all the other women around us and we can just be friends? You see, whereas if a parent has knowledge of where their daughter's Venus is, for example, Rebecca's is in Aquarius. Is it really? Um, yeah. Thank you. I um, didn't know that. <laughs> you know, she can know more about the particular value system that that child carries inside of them mm-hmm. and can begin to foster, you know, their particular beliefs about themselves self-worth, what is important to them. Um, we'll get into Venus's by the sign in just a second. But. Just so you know, I peeked, I, che- I peeked at the cheat sheet, and yeah. I'm like, oh, good Lord, this nails her. Yeah. Nails her. But you see, here is the thing, and the reason I laid out the article the way that I did um, is that, first of all, I want people to go and take the particular not mind tools test. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they walk away from that mind tool, tools test and then go down the cheat sheet and find their, where their Venus is, um, and it's vastly different, you're extremely disconnected from your Venus. Mm-hmm. And if you're disconnected from your Venus, you're going to have to try to find in some way, um, creatively, um, to reconnect to that particular Venus, because you're then living the value system of what everybody else has taught you, and you're not being authentic on your own. You know, and... I feel that my Virgo and Venus, Venus and Virgo, I mean, is being a little shortchanged. Why? It's very, um, I have, apparently have little dignity. <laughs> oh, it's not indignity, uh, which which means in astrology, Jackie, it's not strongly placed. That's it. <laughs> I have little dignity. <laughs> I, but it is true. I have very little dignity. <laughs> Considered in her fall in Virgo, um, <laughs> so it, so it, it it is pretty interesting. We can get into um, uh, some of the signs. Basically, what the what the sign reflects is the clothes that Venus is going to wear. Okay, so in other words, um, uh, you know, if Venus if Venus is wearing if your Venus is in Aries, it's going to wear Aries clothes. If it's in Taurus, it's going to be wearing Taurian clothes. Um, it's going to carry on some of the characteristics and values of the particular sign that it's wearing. So just that going in. Right, um, right. And if you need your astrology chart, if you haven't done it yet, and I know we say this all the time, go to stormsestavani.com, and in his navigation, um, right under his name, you'll see astrology, and go down to free astrology charts, and there you can get yours. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go through through the signs here. Um and Jackie, what I'll ask you some magical questions in regards to this that may help people be able to re- reconnect it. Venus and Aries, um, she's a detriment <laughs> right away. She's a detriment. Okay, um, the sign of Aries is um, aggressive. Um, uh, it likes independence. It likes its own way. It likes. To, it doesn't like to t- have list of rules in order. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 it represents it represents the, the god of war basically. He's just going to kind of tear through things. Um, in Aries, Venus wears her battle gear, um, and one of the interesting things is if, that if you ever read the Iliad, there's a particular scene where Venus is on the battlefield drinking blood. Um, so there is a side of her that how you can interpret that is that there is a side of war and competition and bloodshed and um, uh, you know and all that brutal man stuff that kind of you know gets Venus hot and bothered. 
Um, while Venus is in Aries, she values independence more than interpersonal relationships. Um, uh, you know, so it's really more about herself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's not really about lawn chairs. I write lawn chairs and Godiva chocolate. Um, you know, unless the Godiva chocolate is a reward for a battle she just had. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you know, she's more concerned about excitement, challenge, potential. Um, and uh, basically, if she's not working right, okay, she can be um, uh, reckless. She can be impatient. She can be self-centered. She can be combative. Um, she can be overzealous. Um, uh, you know, so really tapping into, if your Venus is in Aries, really tapping into what do you need as an individual person, okay, valuing that independence, okay, and building your particular value system around that is basically the direction to go. So recapping, the values of uh, Venus in Aries, if, you're, if your Venus is in the Aries sign, is um, independence, excitement, challenge, potential so you're going to value things that that challenge you and and make you move forward uh on your own proving your own merit versus working in a team yes so teamwork is never going to be part of your values exactly but if you go through this whole thing and you feel teamwork is best for you then you have drank the kool-aid you drank the corporate kool-aid yeah okay now, Jackie, what would you recommend magic-wise for somebody that has Venus and Aries to re-tap into that very, very fiery type of energy? Well, I would literally do the energy and will fire candle. I would do that. I would do even anything to do with um, with sequestering yourself. I would even do fiery wall of protection to burn away um, the um, the stigma or the... the um, lessons that have been put upon you, the values that have been forced upon you, even kind of doing that um, sun energy just because that's so, so hot. It's the ultimate fire is the sun. So all those all those things, strengthening things, Not, I wouldn't do anything watery or lunar. Yeah. Um, just really success, like the success candle or um, crown of glory, anything yellow and orange. Yeah. Um, that helps you fire it up. Because if you're not in touch with that Aries energy that is in Venus, then what I what I think would happen is that you would lose your sense of self and you would never you would not want to challenge yourself. So basically you would go for the easy only. And then those those very, very difficult aspects of Venus and Aries will come out, which is the reckless behavior, the impatience, the self centeredness. Right, so you would, instead of wanting to learn something new or feeling challenged at it, you were like, if I can't master it in 10 minutes, it's not worth my time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Venus and Taurus. Chris, Christina in the chat room has Venus and Taurus. Um, this is an interesting position because Venus rules Taurus. And in Earth, um, which Taurus is an Earth sign, um, Venus values resourcefulness, productivity, and stability more so than anything else. Um, uh, the difficulty, of course, is that because those are the things that Venus values, um, sometimes she will take her personal desires and her own personal happiness and kind of put it on the shelf um, in order for her to feel more secure in her particular structure than um, uh, you know than somebody with Venus and Aries who could give a damn um, uh, about her particular structure. Um, 
loyalty is very, very important to this particular to this particular placement, as is traditional values of life. Um, and it, it, the reason being is that it is a continued process, basically, of building up the self worth within the individual more so than anything else. So it looks, you know, dependability, everything that's kind of uh, uh, structured. The difficulty is is that if this position is not working correctly, okay, um, and that the individual hasn't discovered their own inner self-worth, Venus and Taurus can be possessive, stubborn, passive, and very, very self-indulgent and also can have eating problems. (laughs) Well, you know, with with the Venus and Aries or the Venus and Taurus, when I you know gave the candle, I would pair it with um, an inner beauty candle yeah. or the Aphrodite candle um, that we have from our World Magic line. The reason why, because it's all an inner process. It is your values are. Um, Storm and I had a debate about this, and I thought values were a little more external. And he said everything about your values ends up becoming an internal. What pleasures you? What brings yeah. you joy, pleasure? self-esteem, self-satisfaction, all those selves, and that's where Venus belongs. It belongs in the Venus arena. So I would do that inner beauty or the um, Aphrodite candle to connect with this energy, so use those in conjunction. So with the Taurus, what I would do with that one is, again, using the Aphrodite candle, I would put it with, that's when I put it with the Earth candle or the Goddess candle, um, I would put it with um, actually scales of justice on the, on the hoodoo line, or I would put it with um, uh, I, I have newt. I, I can't. I tried to move past the idea of the eye of newt candle from the witch's brew line, but it wouldn't let me. You see, I got quiet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nothing else will come out of my mouth, and I think because the eye of newt is dispelling negativity. And I think that um, if loyalty and traditional attitudes and stability are important to you, that's something that could get clogged up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Venus and Gemini. Um, this is an interesting position, and you know, like I said in the in the blog, blog post, somebody that has Venus and Gemini would be very, very happy to know that they're in an interesting position because the sign is all about being interesting. <laughs> um, uh, it values communication. Uh, it has an intense need to learn from other people. Um, they're in- inquisitive. They're studious. They're adaptable. They're very, very clever. It's in a very, very people-oriented sign. Um, so basically what Venus in Gemini values the most is people that can stimulate her intellectual mind with conversation and adaptability. Um, And basically, you know, uh, intellectual stimulation is more valued than um, emotional exchanges. However, if Venus is not operating properly in this sign, she can be superficial, imitative, scattered, and very high-strung, Jackie. Because she's not being genuine to herself, which is just being very inquisitive. She, yeah. I can see, I can see a Venus in Gemini little kid who wants to know why everything is the way it is and getting shut down. Yes, absolutely getting shut down. And I'm not even saying that that little three year old that says why, why, why. I'm talking about the the 13 year old that says I just don't understand why people work this way and you know that whole thing of of uh, um, how that that inquisitiveness can can almost become social, but uh, more personal. I think that inquisitiveness is more one on one oriented, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and the reason, the one thing that, that that is different between Gemini and Virgo, they're both Mercury ruled signs. Gemini likes to label, so it likes to learn things in order to label things. Um, Virgo likes to learn things in order to analyze things. Um, so it's a little bit of, of a different type of uh, structure. Um, so if you were, if your Venus is in Gemini and you're not inquisitive and adaptable and um, uh, connecting with people on their uh, intellect, um, if this was, and if you were feeling really high strung with all of this, I would, I would do um, that um, intuition candle. I would do vision quest candle. Yeah. Um, because that's a little more mental. The vision quest candle way back in the day was first called the study candle. <laughs> it was first called what? The study candle. Oh. <laughs> so um, then um, with if your Venus is in Gemini, I would start with that. I would literally start with the inner beauty candle because I think you can quickly lose your sense of self. Yeah. And even though Gemini is an air sign, um, I would throw some, some earthy stuff in there or um, even some lunar stuff in there just because um, illuminating. But even with the crown of glory. So just let me recap. I would do the inner beauty candle with a vision quest candle or the um, the uh, intuition candle to help help stimulate the mind or the inspiration candle. Those are the easy uh-huh. ones. But um, there's some self-confidence stuff in there I really feel can um, can get you scattered. So that's why yeah. I think you can definitely use some earth energy, so maybe that stability candle as a third, but not as a primary. That inquisitiveness of Gemini is, is very much being, um, uh, in many ways, attached to um, that childlike energy um, of needing to constantly probe and, you, you know, figure its way um, out, um, you know, figure things out in order to learn things. Um, and I think that oftentimes, you know, especially for this particular placement, once we hit our 20s and our 30s, many in many ways, that is what um, we begin to lose touch with. Um, so I think that this can be a little bit of a difficult um, uh, placement. Mm-hmm. Um, Venus and Cancer. Yes. This is a rough one. Really? Yeah. Um, the reason that it's rough is I think that it is, in our current societal value system, this type of woman is not really all that valued. Um, and it is the uh, uh, the Carol Brady's. Um, the uh, uh, you know the Claire Huxtable, the um, uh, uh, Donna Reed. Um, well, that's exactly what I was thinking. So, so that's why I was saying I. Um, I this isn't really what we see. Mothers, you know, mothers. Most mothers now have to go out and get a job. You know, they can't just sit at home and you know do what they're doing. Um, and even though the Claire Huxtable was a lawyer, she still did most of her everything at home. You know, right. <laughs> she was still able to go and you know, of course it's a television show. She was able to go out and do some law stuff, but she was able to make those beds and you know everything else that she was doing in that house with no problems. While her husband sat in the den and did his doctrine. Um, right. <laughs> you right. Know, so basically, in uh, cancer. <laughs> What cancer values the most is the ability to receive emotional substance and security. Um, And it's also very, very connected to the past, 
Jackie? So this particular placement has a difficult time letting go of the past. They're the ones that will be, you know, sitting at the coffee shop talking to their new boyfriend that they've been in love with for, uh, you know, all of six and a half minutes, and they're enjoying this wonderful new relationship, and a guy walks in, and it happened to be the one that got away. So Venus's mind will go back to that and begin to be nostalgic and wax poetically and destroy her new relationship and, you know, um, uh, all this other stuff. Um, but do you think that a Venus and, and Cancer, when they're not connected with their values, but their values are emotional sustenance and security? Okay, let's let's say a positive aspect, somebody who's connected to their Venus, who has a Venus in Cancer, and they're, they value the ability to receive emotional sustenance and security. Yeah. What is the healthy version of that. What does that look like? I don't know if there's a healthy version of it. That's why I um, I say that this is a very, very difficult placement because everything that cancer has to do with it, Venus disdains naturally. Venus is not about sitting at home and raising no babies. She may like the act of making a baby, but she don't like the act of uh, sitting at home raising them. Okay? She only has one child that's Eros, and he flies around and makes people fall in love. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting, though. So, so what you're saying is that this is a natural tendency to be disconnected from it because yeah. in some ways this is how women are brought up to be. Yet if, you're, if your Venus is in Cancer, you connect with that message of what you're brought up to be, but you fight it at the same time. Yes. So this is all about that inner balance candle or the peace candle. Yeah. The the, the large difficulty with this is that um, Venus really doesn't like emotional closeness and de- dependability. Um, uh, you know, she wasn't all that faithful to her own husband. Um, uh, you know, her husband, Hephaestus, was the ugliest god in all of Olympus. So he was as ugly as she was beautiful. Um, uh, you know, she had illicit affairs with everything that could move. Um, and, uh, you know, basically when Venus in Cancer is not working properly, it's very, very moody, it's possessive. These are all of the things that Aphrodite could really, you know, she would much rather just not deal with. You know, she'd much rather have a Coke um, in every sense of the word. Um, you know, then uh, then sit around in this octopus-driven, you know, um, imagery. And that's the way that Venus would view it. You know, that, that's not the way that I would view it. But um, uh, Venus would view it in that sort of way. And modern culture, Jackie, really does not value this type of Venus. So um, it's a really, really difficult position. 200 years ago, this kind of Venus was fine. You know, um, uh, Carolyn Ingalls probably had a really good time with Venus and Cancer. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, 2013, not so much. Um, so, so if you have Venus in Cancer, then then maybe what you're looking at is is um, making sure taking care of the family because that's what feeds your soul. Yeah, yeah, um, it's really about but, valuing the family, valuing emotional security. You know, really being there from that particular perspective. And then carving time out. So a healthy version of this is taking care of the family, owning it, celebrating it. Waha! I love taking care of my family, and then carving out time to go wild. I don't even know if this could go wild. This is a very, I don't think that this cancer can go wild. I think that, that the thing that this the Venus in cancer needs to do is to realize that um, uh, emotional closeness is subjective and that people are going to constantly go through an ebb of flow of sometimes being very, very close and sometimes not being very close. This placement here, Jackie, gets in trouble when um, uh, you know, the husband gets a new job and he's working 12 hours a day. 
So I would say what you know, I like I, I still like the inner balance candle, but yeah. I think this is some something that you would want to regularly revisit a spiritual cleansing candle. Yeah, definitely on a regular regular basis. Mm-hmm. We have to take a break. Jackie, yep. and I'll be back in the flash. Don't touch that dial. Ask for money and get advice. Ask for advice, get money twice. I'm from the dirty, but that chico nice. Y'all call it a moment, I call it life. One day when the light is glowing, I'll be in my castle golden. But until the gates are open, I just want to feel this moment. I just want to feel this moment.
to Keep It Magic, everybody. I'm Storm Sestavani. It's currently nine minutes after five o'clock here on the East Coast. That means it's 2.09 on the West Coast in every single hour in between. Cruise on over to our sponsor at www.coventrycreations.com. If you have a problem in your life, regardless of what that problem is, whether that's career, romance, money, you need some spiritual cleaning, or you need some Venus candles. You know, we have an Aphrodite candle, or you need help with your values. Um, we definitely have a candle for that, so make sure that you check that out. Um, Jackie, we're now on Venus and Leo. Um, Venus in Leo is colorful. It's dynamic. It's dramatic. Uh, <laughs> you think? Yeah. It's filled to the brim with lots of imagination. Um, and she's extremely self-confident. She's honorable, proud, courageous, and generous, and she will fight to the death for anything that she that, that is part of her own mythology. One of the things that I put in here, because it's very much um, the type of energy, is that she's like a mother lion, ready and willing to protect her cubs from any type of threat or outside uh, influence. Uh, in her world... Um, the cub is under her dominion and will remain within the confines of her rather colorful territory until she is ready to release it. <laughs> the difficulty here is okay. the difficulty with this is is that you know the child is eventually going to grow up and want to leave, um, and that this can be um, extremely difficult um, uh, for. Um, Venus and Leo to kind of let go of. So with all of that honor, that that majestic I'm the queen um, uh, type of energy, um, you know, as long as she can express that in her true self-confident way and relate that to things it is that she cares about, she's fine. And then I can totally see that in the father aspect, too, of... Well, Leo is the natural sign of the father, so... Right, and but but the father's that, you do it my way because I tell you to because yeah. I'm right, right. Yeah. So, absolutely. So, the values being self-confident, honorable, proud, and courageous. So, when that's, when that's poorly aspected, when that is out of control, when the ego rules that, that's when you get domineering and self-centering. So, it's interesting because if, if the poorly aspected part of a, a Venus in Leo that's disconnected is really harsh and really domineering, then what you do need is something that's going to bring you down. But, but bringing you down you have to have that, that bit of confidence. You know, one of the things I think, the, the biggest thing that this particular placement suffers from when it's disconnected is self-doubt. So if you have Venus and Leo and you're running around with an enormous amount of self-doubt, um, that is a key to the fact that you are not um, uh, working with this particular uh, planet in a creative sort of way. And you may need to look at where in your life do you want to be majestic? Where in your life do you need to experience more self-confidence? Um, what are you proud of? What type of battles are you taking on? Um, how are you being generous with other people? These are particular types of questions um, to look at. Uh, so the candles that I would use for this one, if you are feeling that you're very self-doubting, um, but yet being honorable is really, um, if you find yourself pushing through with honor, but then you doubt yourself and, and you are getting too self-centered and your Venus is in Leo. I would do the crown of glory with the inner beauty, and, and I'm saying specifically these two together so you can be the mirror, so you can find it within you. Uh-huh. Um, and not feel intimidated by it. And I want to take the word mirror out now that I just said that because sometimes when you do the mirror work, 
you become intimidated about what you see versus just doing that inner work where you can find little pieces of yourself and start putting it together. But I'd also do the uncrossing because you're probably so um, disconnected from your Venus and there's so many things in your way and you feel like nobody can do it like you. Yeah. So why should you have to micromanage everything? I mean, I see a Venus and Leo being the micromanager. Yeah, it can be. Um, so that uncrossing to see where you are. Uncrossing is so great when you um, internalize it because it helps you see where, where you are. I burn it constantly. I just ordered 10 today. <laughs> oh, and I don't even have Venus and Leo. <laughs> so, so, but the other two which might surprise you is healing and spellcaster. Because healing is finding that balance within you when you're out of balance, when you're in um, disharmony or dis-ease, um, you need healing. So I'm thinking that healing because it helps align everything. But spellcaster, because to be a spellcaster, you have to find that inner confidence. And they're both purple. Yeah. And purple is that royalty. And and let me tell you, I think that Venus in Leo absolutely needs to be respected. Yes. Um, So, and I would even throw something else out, wear purple. Yes. Um, If this is you and you're feeling poorly aspected with it, Literally go find some purple. Even if you just throw socks on or a little flower in your hair or decide you're going to carry a purple purse, whatever it is, um, just throw that little bit in there. Now, we may be – I extended the show a little bit because we may be a half hour on this next little long because Jackie may have a meltdown here on the show. Um, <laughs> I may have to do some counseling, y'all. Um, Venus Venus and Virgo. Um she doesn't have any dignity. <laughs> That's not the first time I've been told that. <laughs> um, she's in her fall. I don't. What does that mean? It means that um, the sign that she is exalted in, mm-hmm. where she has her highest status, is Pisces, and Virgo is the opposite sign of that. So it's the sign that she's in her. Um, less than a favorable position. <laughs> um, you know, it's like the sex position. It's the one that you don't like. That's Venus and Virgo. Um, uh, the difficulty with this is it's very easy to fall in victim to the negative characteristics of the sign. Very, very easy. Which mm-hmm. the negative characteristics of the sign is being petty, judgmental, perfectionistic, and downright neurotic. Mm-hmm. Um, in Virgo, she values order, efficiency, hard work, organization. Um, she uh, really likes everything in a very, very stable, concrete way. Um, the reason being is that the opposite sign of Pisces, the, 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 the thing with Virgo is that it's trying to organize everything that that opposite sign Pisces is, which is a whole heap of chaos. So Venus, Venus in Virgo hates chaos. Um, she hates the unpredictable. She likes everything to be in a structurized, scheduled sort of way. Um, um, and if it gets off key in one second, she will go nuts. Okay. Um, uh, the problem with this is that Venus really doesn't like Virgo at all. Um, it is too. She's extremely stifled. Uh, she's not able to express herself in that extreme outward sort of way, um, which uh, Venus more so than anything else likes to be admired. And um, uh, and if you go look at Jackie's Facebook page, there's seven million pictures um, in different poses on her Facebook page. Um, uh, not me. 
the the <laughs> the difficulty with this is is that Venus and Venus's natural tendency is to go out into the public, Jackie. In Virgo, she's stuck in that office, and she don't like it too much. And she will get the more that she's stuck doing day to day detailed sort of work, um, uh, like reorganizing sales schedules and um, teams back together and all of that mundane stuff, the more difficult she can get. Um, and so, so it sounds like. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So these people value their jobs, their careers, or any type of service to others more so than emotional exchanges and, and imaginal longings. So, so kind of, I'm going to touch upon this and, and talk about the Venus and Cancer at the same time because sure. I'm, I'm Venus and Virgo, and so as I'm listening to you, ten years ago, I started a journey to um, blend those two within me. Yeah. And so, yes, I was always the one in the background organizing stuff, and then kind of watching from the sidelines, going, "I, I want to be pretty too," and. <laughs> <laughs> just having that pathetic feeling of yeah. of um, always being left behind. But yet, if you look at how I write and if you look at how I'm out there in the public, what I value is um, is that practicality. Uh-huh. I value systems and organization. And I have a blast going out and teaching it. And so um, my Venus and Virgo, the things that I'm valuing, I'm valuing both at the same time. Yeah. And so one of some of the stuff that I've discovered in my 40s, um, you know, from like 35 to going on 45 now, is that um, I can have both worlds. So I really love going out and teaching classes and doing this radio show and, and putting a couple of cute pictures up on Facebook of myself. But you know what I also put up on Facebook? The crappy pictures, because that's the real me. Yeah. I can pose and I can put my head in just the right position. You know, and, and do this after 75 pictures and pick the perfect one. And then there's a time when I've got, you know, food coming out of my mouth and I'm yelling at somebody. Yeah. So so I laugh at myself. So I think, and, and how I got there is doing a lot of work on emotional balance. I, so I'm going to do, talk about the emotional balance candle, um, which is the water candle, because it's interesting because you got to balance that Pisces out. Happy home, finding that inner happiness, finding that, that structure within me. Heart getting connected with where your heart is in the moment. See, I think that the same with the Venus and Cancer is that love where you Venus are in the Virgo. moment. Well, the Venus and Cancer, too, because yeah. Venus and Cancer is that poorly aspected, and Venus and Virgo is, I think, the, how you get your superpowers and the values out of that is love where you are in the moment, own that you've chosen to be there, and then in, in the next minute you'll be somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Venus and Libra. This so is there was no breakdown. There was no breakdown. <laughs> if she uh, gets overly focused in the physical, she can be petty, judgmental, perfectionistic, and downright neurotic. <laughs> I she'll say, there was no breakdown. <laughs> um, Venus, Venus and Libra, this is where my Venus is. Um, uh, uh, Venus rules two signs. The first one, of course, is Taurus. The second one is Libra. Um, in Taurus, Venus is concerned with structure and foundation and reliability. In Libra, she's concerned with fairness, justice, and human decency. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Um, <laughs> you know, in, 
basically, the value keyword is harmony, and Venus and Libra will do everything to keep it that way. Everything. I mean, everything. <laughs> You've never done that before, have you? No, Norm? no. Not all, for most of your life at all. Exactly. Um, in Libra, Libra is the natural sign of relationships, so she values her exchanges in relationships and with others. Um, she considers relationships to be a high priority. And any time relationships go through a bit of chaos or a bit of unpredictability, um, Venus and Libra will fall off of her game relatively fast. Mm-hmm. Um, if she's not working properly, she can be dependent, indecisive, overcompromising, <laughs> um, and superficial. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, honey. I know, I know. It sucks to be me. Um, <laughs> Not really. The, uh, the uh, like, one of the things that you have with the signs that Venus is rule is because of the fact that she's so comfortable there, Jackie, it's very, very difficult at times for them to go through a particular process of change. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this particular in, in, in this particular circumstance, I think that what Venus in Libra has to do more so than themselves is that they really because they're so focused on other people all the time, mm-hmm. they have to sit around and say, "What about me?" Well, and the, it's funny because the the two candles that came to mind in this whole process is heart and protection. Yeah. Um, with that inner beauty. The inner beauty helps you bring it inside, because that's um, when you use the. By the way, when you use the inner beauty candle, you will be shown your beauty. You will be shown your own internal process, and you will see why you look at yourself without beauty. So it's just it just use those superpowers for good and be prepared, and um, it, it really really works. So if you're going to do that inner process, heart. So you really get in tune with with that coming from your heart and then protection because I think you you put it out there a little too much. Yeah. You and and not put it out there like like a Leo would put it out there but put it out there going I just want to love everyone. <laughs> Am I, I right know, on I, that one? I know. I know. You're 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 exactly right. Um Venus and Scorpio. Now Christine in the chat room says she has Venus and Scorpio. She may need an intervention after this. Um, again, we're cons- we're concerned with that word detriment, and I write in the article that um, detriment is a fancy word for a planet not operating effectively or is out of her element. Um, Venus has been out of her element in most of these. I'm just saying. Um, well, she's in detriment or in an unfavorable position in one, two, three, three sides signs, and she's not comfortable in one, two. Three, three more signs. So, like half of the zodiac, she's not really happy with. Um, in the sign of Scorpio, Venus is very, very intense um, because Scorpio itself is an intense, deeply emotional side sign, and Venus would much rather not deal with all that messiness. Um, you know, because you know she doesn't want to deal with the husband jealous, the, the, the jealous husband. She doesn't want to deal with the, the jealous wife that is that she, with the man she's having an affair with. Um, she would just much rather you know not have anything to do with that at all. Unfortunately, if you have Venus in Scorpio, you have no choice in the matter. <laughs> um, she values circumstances and situations that are intensely real and not superficial on any level. 
Um, she tends to understand the darker side of human nature, although she doesn't necessarily like it. Um, and tends to navigate through intense waters, requiring more realism and more genuineness than any other Venusian planets or placements. Um, so, with this particular placement, Jackie, Venus in Scorpio, when she goes to the checkout stand at the grocery store and she sees the copy of Bride magazine and, you know, the wonderful world of Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt, she's going to look at that and it, it's just completely disgusting to her because it's not based on anything real. It's not based on real love. It's not based on real um, relationships. It's not based on anything other than a particular glamorous picture that has been presented in front of it. This is this Venus this placement is so real, Jackie, that it gets itself into to trouble um, uh, because of it. Um, uh, if somebody is out of touch with this particular placement, she can be obsessive, possessive, vindictive, deceptive, <laughs> <laughs> and downright repressed. Um, so, you know, that there is uh, – it's a very, very troubling type of placement for some – sorry, Christine – for somebody with, uh, with uh, Venus and Scorpio. The, the, the key here, I think, is the acceptance that they may not be able to have a relationship like everybody else. They may need a relationship with somebody that um, it takes a little bit longer and a little bit more um, uh, sorting through the sea of fishes. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit, David. Um, in order to uh, see um, you know, who it is that they really want and who it is that they're really connected to um, on a deeper level. You know, these are the things that you know, if somebody was to come to me with Venus and Scorpio and say, you know, I haven't been able to achieve something in regards to my love life and I'm 45, I would say, well, what have you been looking for? And then I would sit there and say, but where is the realness in that? What are you really looking for? True. And so so um, to get to that place, I would, again, starting with that inner beauty candle, I would bring in that earth energy. Yes. Um and I would not use the Aphrodite candle with this one. I would, too I would, much. No. That would be too much. So that inner beauty with the earth candle. And then I would throw in the van van. Because what you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get real and you're gonna dig deep and you're not gonna like everything that you find. But it doesn't mean it needs to be this discarded. Um you have to see what its value is. And so I think what I see in this this Venus and Scorpio is that um if it's not intensely, intensely real. So it's helping you lighten up some of your values. So and also see some some above pictures. So the earth and the van van or the earth and the astral travel, the stability yeah. and the astral travel, kind of helps you get um, a polar view. Both sides at the same time come into the middle. Yes, yes. And that brings brings you in, back into a balance. And the inner balance one would not be bad, but I really think that earth... You need, and then the van van as things come up, you can transform it. I had a woman with with Venus and Scorpio that I sat on the phone with Jackie for two hours because she was having such a meltdown over Venus and Scorpio. And uh, with me? No, it wasn't you. Oh, what's gonna say? Yours is in Virgo. I didn't have this. Wasn't you? 
um, I sat on the phone with her for two hours. She was having this complete meltdown. Um, and, uh, you know, I was telling her, you know what, you just can't, you know, she was comparing herself to everybody else around her and saying, you know, why can't I have a relationship with Louise? She finds it like Louise. She has a, a, a new relationship of every other week and all of this other stuff. And um, uh, I said, okay, take five deep breaths. And here is the thing. You can't send your horoscope in and get a new one. <laughs> Therefore, you're going to have to sit down and work with what it is that you have. Louise may be at a Chinese restaurant. She can order whatever dish that she wants there. But you're at a Mexican restaurant. You can only have tacos, enchiladas, and chalupas. You know, you can't have um, Kung Pao chicken. Um, so, therefore, this is what you've got to work with. You can either embrace it and make something with it rather than sitting around and looking and moaning and complaining and bitching and being a complete utter Medusa. Um, as a result of you looking around comparing yourself to everybody else. Right. You may need to look at the real values. At that moment, Jackie, it clicked in for her, and then she was able within a year to be able to get a relationship that actually worked out for her. But Nice. Um, it is a very, very difficult placement, and I think that with this particular placement, the more that they spend in the land of this is the way that it is and this is the real world, and I have to just trudge and deal with my own life my own particular way and not look around at the Joneses, the easiest, the easier it is for them. Um, Venus and Sagittarius. Yes. A um, Venus in all of the fire signs, values, so that's Aries and Leo as well, um, values possibility and potentials more so than anything else. Mm -hmm. um, this is amplified in Sagittarius. Um, Venus in Sagittarius does not like ordinary mundane life at all. Um, it doesn't have the, you, you know, the world of bills, having credit card payments, having to pay the tax guy. Oh, by the way, your husband has. Um, uh, does he have Venus in Sagittarius? Yeah. Um, I was just going to look that up because it sounded just like him. You know I was. Uh, they constantly look for and crave excitement in order to explore the horizons of their mind and make the world a larger, more enjoyable place. Mm -hmm. um, it values philosophy, religion, idealism, optimism, adventure, um, and the freedom to do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> um, but too much um, uh, ordinary living uh, can really provoke, you know, this particular placement, um, uh, Venus will flee the scene, okay, and she'll move towards another pasture. So oftentimes this placement has a really hard time staying focused on one thing at a time and will often take on 900 projects because it is more interesting to them than one. And as a result, they can sometimes never get anything done. Um, if it's not working properly, it can be self-righteous, dog dogmatic, deluded, and excessive. Okay? Um, it's, it's, I wouldn't say that it's a rough position because Venus has no problem at all moving over to a greener pasture. Okay? Um, but... In regards to working with these, uh, with this particular circumstance, I think that what you have to, to 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 come down to is that there is a certain, you know, that there's a certain amount of structure that somebody has to have in their life in order for it to be effective. Way, uh, and you can value all of these other particular things: the philosophy, religion, idealism, optimism, adventure, um, freedom, uh, uh, possibilities, and potential. But if you don't root that into the ground, you really don't have anything at all. Yeah, so I see two things going on here. To get there, 
to get there. Um, again, inner beauty. Actually, no, I'm going to have to go Aphrodite candle. Start with that Aphrodite candle because you need that intensiveness. Yeah. And to get there, if you're not in that place, if you're Venus and Sagittarius, you're not in that place, you need the passion candle because you need that much energy with the Aphrodite and the passion to push through all of those blocks that you put in your way. Yeah. All of those idealized blocks, really. Because, you know, when you said, when we, you whispered to me that my husband's Venus is a Sagittarius. Yeah. Um, I see not working properly was when I first met him. Um, the values now is what he is now. Yeah. And and here's the crazy thing. It's working for him. Yeah. It's He gets in a bunch of trouble. And then he gets out of it pretty quickly, but in, and but while he's getting out of it, he's created a brand new way of thinking, yeah. Um, and and brand new opportunities that you would never have seen if you didn't get into trouble in the first place. It's crazy, and you know what? With my Venus and Virgo, drives me fucking crazy at times. <laughs> but but um, I can see his pattern. I've learned how, what his pattern is, so I can I can kind of. I can see when when it's going, so I can value his pattern. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because of where my v- Venus in Virgo is, so which is really interesting because he's a Sag and I'm a Virgo on top of it. So the, both our Sun and our Venus is in the same time. But once you're in the Sagittarius, um, uh, once you're back, once you're connected with your Venus in Sagittarius, I really think you need success, crown of glory. That kind of thing, because what that does is that helps you see the value in completing something. Yeah. So um, I would I would go into that, or even the male energy is the sun, because it helps you see the value of of finishing it, or see the value of it all the way through. That's a little counterintuitive, isn't it? But I just really I, because I you start talking about these things, and I literally see the energy patterns or, or like the colors of the candles. Come up. Yeah, definitely. Um, while you're talking, it's really funny. It's like they kind of, I visualize them all in front of me, and a couple just raise up. It's really cute. Um, Venus and Capricorn. It values the good life. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it does. It's Capricorn. Uh, so the good life is stable, structured, and promotes one social position. <laughs> and if it's not supporting the social position Then there's something uh, severely wrong with it um, The sign of Capricorn is naturally associated with Hera in Greek mythology um, Hera was the queen of the gods And she was the champion for traditional values in moral codes And Aphrodite and Hera, by the way, have very little in common um, In fact, they're mortal enemies um, Venus can feel rather stifled in this positioning and feel frustrated until she learns to accept the realm that she's been given. So again, like Scorpio, she has to accept it. Venus in Capricorn values practicality, dutifulness, dependability, is financially reserved and ambitious. Um, In many ways, she can even be very admired um, if this is channeled into one's professional life or their social structure. However, if Venus is not working properly in Capricorn, she's controlling, materialistic, self-doubting, and self-seeking. I can also see, and I may be wrong in this, but from what you said um, and the energy that it's bringing up, I can also see someone whose Venus is not working properly in Capricorn become um, the opposite of materialistic. 
which is still materialistic, but but like they're so caught up in not needing anything. But that that itself is materialistic. Right, living off the grid. So yeah. just given both sides of that. So um, again, this is the inner beauty candle. But here's the interesting thing. I saw the full moon candle and the prosperity candle with this one. Oh, interesting. Because you need a fullness. I mean, looking at when you said Hera, all of a sudden I saw the full moon candle. Yeah. Because it's that um, that love of life and love of beauty, and I can see someone who who has a Venus in Capricorn who is not connected with those values, um, com- being completely turned off by beauty. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, so so that kind of brings that fullness and that roundedness. And the prosperity is more than just money, cash. The prosperity is the prosperity in all of life. It's the wealth, or even the fertility candle is that wealth, that lushness. Yes. Um, Venus and Aquarius. Um, it's another very, very interesting placement. Um, That's where my daughter's being. Yeah. They're interested in social reform and the redefining of values and relationships in order to fit into the progressive view of life. Um, or their specific view of life. <laughs> yeah, which for them is progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Venus in Aquarius values friendship uh, because of the intellectual stimulation they provide and the need to constantly evaluate new ideals to create a more perfect life is of utter importance to this particular sign. Um, it needs more breathing room than any of the other signs and can feel very, very stifled in an overly contained environment. Um, this is Venus in a very ambivalent mode. Uh, there, you know, there is a part of Venus that, that definitely needs, you know, because it's a relationship principle. It needs relationships. Um, uh, you know, Aphrodite values them um, uh, on her own. But... With this particular placement, they're rather ambivalent. There's the part of them that wants to be in them, and then there is the part of them that wants to be free and not be bound. Um, She needs to reform. She needs to be inventive. She needs to be unconventional, and she needs to keep her eyes towards the future. Um, uh, And being bound to an ordinary domestic type of life, Jackie, would be extremely disdainful for this particular Venus. If she's not... Working effectively, she's disorganized, deviant. Um, this is the perviness. Um, impractical and often unpredictable. So, so again, I'm going to do some counterintuitive stuff. Sure. On this, and you can impl- completely challenge me, but these. Sure. Bef- I knew this. I wrote this down before I even read this. Um, again, starting with the inner beauty candle. Um, female energy, the moon. Even though she doesn't want to, the female energy of the moon is not the typical home life. Female energy of the moon is really, um, to me, it, it connects with relationships. Yeah. Because women, that female energy, that moon is, is the moon is in a relationship to everything else. Yeah. It's in relationship to the tide. It's in relationship to the sun. It's in relationship to our moods. So that's why I was thinking female, the moon. But also tranquil home. The reason why is because um, that I think that Venus and Aquarius works so hard um, on all those relationships, they need they need a home base. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I have two more candles in here, which is the come to me or the attraction love, because you need the right people in your life. So if you're not as, if you're not working effectively in that um, your Venus is not in that Aquarius energy effectively, and it's fighting each other, that attraction love candle and that come to me candle for getting jazzed up. Um, so are Venus and Aquarius, are they more extroverts, would you would say? Yes. 
Um, and that's that finding those people in your life to help you um, get jazzed up and get and feel passionate. So you value interaction with other people, and that draws other people to you. Absolutely. Um, David, are you awake? <laughs> <laughs> We're at Venus and Pisces at long last. Um, she's exalted in the sign of Pisces. Um, uh, this means that the sign of Pisces has all the ingredients that uh, for Venus to have a great time. In every sense of the word. <laughs> um, Venus and Pisces values the dream of the perfect uh, vision of relationship and the utopian world, the flowery coexistence in, every, in the whole world of technicolor. <laughs> she values the mystical, unifying, imaginative, high romance, and is very empathic. Um, she values uh, uh, sacrifice to her dream and will work diligently to bring that particular dream into some form of manifestation. The downside of Venus and Pisces is that the real world can be extremely harsh and can quickly be, and Venus and Pisces can quickly become depressed or disillusioned um, when her dreams are overly stifled. When Venus is not working properly in Pisces, she can be confused, unrealistic, delusional, escapist, um, and lack faith in the self. It's very, very easy for this particular um, placement, Jackie, for her to become um, extremely codependent. So what I see in this one is if you, I see it easily being in the um, poorly aspected because um, we we don't, as a society, we don't value that the hippie, the idealistic, every, can everybody get along, the coexistence in the world. Yeah. So I think if your Venus is in Pisces, immediately take a look at getting grounded and cleansing. So let your so so it's a stability candle. Find the stability in, in where you are, um, and cleanse away what's not yours. So that's the very first thing I would do, and then go to the inner beauty, and I would bring in the peace candle. Seriously, because that candle is very much about a unified world. And yeah. so so get into that unified world place um, with that inner beauty to see your connection to the rest of the world. Because it's, cause you're going to connect with your connection to the rest of the world through this and then see where you can take action. Definitely. We hit all 12, baby. Yeah, we hit all 12. Next week, we will learn what is the easiest way, the easiest area in your life to be focused on your Venus. <laughs> As Jackie and I go into Venus in the houses. So okay. it's going to be interesting. Jackie has hers in the 12th. I have mine in the 12th. So Yeah, we do, don't we? It's going to be an interesting, interesting... We may you're, need therapy by the time the show is over. You're making me learn it. You're making me learn the astrology. You're pushing it. You're pushing me, man. You're and pushing then you'll know me. how to work with it. <laughs> <laughs> Cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com. Again, that's www.coventrycreations.com if you have a problem in your life. Regardless of what that problem is, we definitely have a candle for that. And, Jackie, what do they need to do till next week? They need to keep it magic. Speak life, everybody. We'll see you next week. feels perfect, other days it just ain't working, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between, yo it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our hearts through the words we say, mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die, so speak life.
Raise your thoughts a little higher Use your words 